Over the last 10 years that we've been operating, I've definitely seen a shift in terms of seeing music as not just a nice thing to have, but actually quite an integral part of your, your care planning for people living with dementia. Hello and welcome to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. It's too complicated to measure our impact. We don't have the resources. Nobody cares. We can't afford it. Yes, you can and yes, you must. And in the Make an Impact podcast, Heidi Fisher explores how organisations put impact at the heart of what they do and how you can too. In this episode, Heidi interviews Rosanna Mead, an expert in dementia care and the founder and MD of Musica Community Interest Company. Musica is a music and health social enterprise with an objective to harmonise healthcare by embedding music into the dementia care plan journey. Hi, Rosie. It's great to have you here today. Could you tell me a little bit more about Musica? Yeah, so Musica Music and Wellbeing is a community interest company which supports the dementia journey through music. That's kind of the, what we do in a nutshell. <laughs> um, and what we sort of specifically do is we um, run music workshops, performances, training opportunities, mainly in care homes, working with people living with dementia and working with their carers to embed music as part of their daily dementia care. What, what made you want to set this up? Yeah, so I set, so we've been going 10 years um, as of last week, actually. So 10 years ago, I was, thank you. <laughs> so I, it kind of all came about when I was in the last year of my music degree at Bartosby University. And at the time, I was considering kind of career options. Um, I was also choosing my dissertation topic. And I was volunteering and um, playing my clarinet at a local hospital ward. And I was working a lot with patients living with dementia. And I think I just kind of saw over the weeks, the months, I saw the benefits of having live music for patients with dementia and how the interaction between having the musician and the live music was really important for them and also for their care staff as well and their families. And so at this time when I was thinking about what I want to do with a career and my dissertation topic, I then had the idea for setting up my... In, initially, it wasn't going to be a business, but it was setting up my own work with me being self-employed, going into hospitals and care homes, providing live music, providing interactive music workshops, specifically for people living with dementia. And obviously, it, it, we do work with um, older adults generally, but we're specifically um, honing in on supporting people living with dementia. So I then went down the kind of academic route at the same time that I was setting up the business. So I um, wrote my final year dissertation on the benefits of music for people living with dementia. And then that's carried on. As I've started the business, I've then gone on to do a master's degree in music psychology. And I'm six years into a PhD, <laughs> so hopefully finishing soon. Again, looking at um, how music can help in dementia care. My PhD research is particularly in hospital wards and looking at how music can help to reduce agitation for people living with dementia in a hospital. So kind of music and my academic side has, has kind of combined and grown together over the 10 years. <laughs> wow, it sounds like you, you've done an awful lot. This um, <laughs> sounds very much, much more like um, a life calling than just a, a vacation. Yeah. Yeah, I feel at the moment that pretty much everything I do, other than being a mum, everything else is dementia orientated and music focused as well. And the, yeah, everything's just kind of combined <laughs> with my one passion. 
<laughs> yeah, it's um, incredible how you've managed to um, combine all the academic stuff with, with the music. Mm. That's really, really interesting. So you talked um, about your PhD. What are some of the benefits for people like me mm. that don't really know much about it? So a lot of the benefits are around um, reminiscence. So particularly playing familiar music can help people to um, to remember memories that may have been long forgotten and music kind of becomes a prompt for remembering those those memories for bringing back that feeling so I mean we all know this that if you hear a particular song from maybe your teenage years it brings back a feeling for you of even now I'm thinking about songs I love to listen to that remind me of that kind of feeling free as a teenager or you know rebellious or however it makes you feel you're going to listen to yeah, sort of music that um, that brings back those memories and feelings. So by working with people with dementia through music, that can also be tapping into these long-lost memories. My research in particular looks at agitation. And so, um, for example, in a hospital ward where people become quite disorientated um, with the unfamiliar environment and unfamiliar faces, by using music that's familiar to them, it can help to to ground that person a bit more, to bring back those feelings of, you know, um, important memories in their lives, um, happy occasions, and to then help to reduce the level of agitation um, by, you know, reducing um, people wandering perhaps or looking to escape the ward, um, by then making them feel kind of safer within that environment. And that, that can happen through the music. Um, something that I've also discovered through my research is that, the agitation can be reduced as a result of the music creating a deeper connection between the person living with dementia and their caregivers. So I think that's really important, is that the benefits of the live music don't just happen in that one-hour session or however long it might be, but they actually carry on long after the music is finished because it strengthens this connection. It brings back that feeling of, of connectedness to their environment, to their caregivers, and also a reconnection with themselves which is obviously really important. So how do you measure that kind of stuff? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. So particularly working with people living with dementia, obviously it depends on um, the level of dementia that they're at and the stage of their journey, um, depending on whether they can take part in an interview themselves. Um, and if not, I found that observations are key. So my own research and the way that we measure what we do in Musica is um, sort of like a, a triangulation of different approaches. So using um, observations of actually, you know, writing down from the musician's point of view or from the researcher's point of view, what you're actually seeing during that music session, then involving discussions with the person living with dementia, if it's appropriate, um, involving the caregivers and the staff as well so that they can be providing their feedback because with my research I was obviously able to see before and after so like before during and after the music session but often for the musicians they're going in and just seeing what's happening in that session so by working with the caregivers they can be giving you that overview that kind of holistic um, approach to seeing what how, the differences the music has made before during and after the session Another key thing is working with families as well. So often in our sessions, we'll have families that will turn up and they'll join in as well. Or they might um, turn up to visit their loved one just as the session is ending or after the session. And by talking to them, it's really important because they can also be providing an insight 
into the impact that the music's having for their loved one and perhaps for the home as a whole. It sounds um, quite complicated. It is. And yeah, it's something that we struggle with a lot is to just narrow it down a bit because I think it's so easy to to take on so much and have lots of different methods that it's mm. actually then really hard to, to measure. And so it's kind of, yeah, over the years narrowed it down. And it's mainly through my PhD that I've been able to do a bit of trial and error. Um, you know, we've tried uh, various well-being scales um, but mm. it's very hard sometimes to quantify, especially if you're a person living with dementia. It's hard to quantify on a, a you know, rating scale what your well-being's like or what your anxiety is like. Um, and so I found, yeah, mainly a kind of a qualitative approach has been the best in terms of observations, discussions. Obviously, you end up with a whole amount of data because it's all it's all words. Um, mm. Obviously, photos, videos are good as well. Um, but they're quite difficult to to get consent in in care homes and working with people living with dementia. So observations and discussions seem to be key. Yeah, it's it's um, one of the things I always say to, um, people use as an excuse is that it's too complicated. So it's funny that it was me that's saying, oh, that sounds complicated, because I'm usually the first one to say, please don't use that as an excuse for not doing any um, impact measurement. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Sounds like um, you've you've managed to find a way that actually works in terms of mm. capturing evidence of the the impact that you're having, which is great. And that's the mm. whole point of it that people do kind of go through a trial and error process to find something that will actually work. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about was um, the idea of dementia friendly environment. What mm-hmm. what is one of them, and how how do you, how do you help to to create that kind of environment? Yeah, so this is something that's really key at the moment. So um, I actually did I started a little mini podcast series, and I did an episode on it um, a few weeks ago about dementia friendly environments and why it's so important. So a lot of um, the care homes and hospitals we work in are striving towards creating dementia-friendly environments. And this often revolves around the aesthetic side, so um, clear signage. So particularly if it's a new environment, it's really important that the residents or the patients know where the toilet is, know where the bathroom is, so that that can help to to orientate them in this unfamiliar um, setting. Things like um, having light-coloured flooring, because often for people living with dementia, dark-coloured flooring can look like a hole. And so if you had dark-coloured mats, perhaps, um, they might try and step over it, and then that's more likely to increase falls. Um, Having uh, handles, handrails going around um, the home or the hospital is really good, again, to be minimising the risk of falls. Having... um, different colours in a bathroom so often white on white is really difficult to see so by having say a blue um, toilet seat on a white floor um, it's much easier to be able to see the toilet Um, and it's just all about um, giving the person um, like giving them independence helping them to feel empowered um, and so just kind of helping to to familiarise themselves with this environment but I think actually it goes a lot deeper than just um, just the aesthetic side of, of dementia-friendly environments. I think it's all about a feeling as well. And so that's where music can come in. 
that if you can be using familiar music, you can be connecting people together, so residents with their caregivers, um, with their family again, you can be creating um, this sense of community and that feeling of, of belongingness. Um, which I think is really important. So I think it's really good to look at dementia-friendly environments, both in terms of the aesthetics, but also in terms of that emotional connection with the environment and how you can be using music to to create that feeling. That sounds really interesting. Um, I'm just thinking about all of the places that we go in, in terms of public places where they're, they're mm. not clearly dementia-friendly at all. <laughs> no, really, and more places are looking at changing. Mm. and just having that that understanding of you know and actually if you were dementia friendly it would help everyone else as well particularly in hospital environments um where you know people living with dementia can become more disorientated in that, that environment but actually for all of us every hospital every ward within a hospital is slightly different and so by having that clear signage um Often in hospitals, they paint the bays a different colour. So you know then that you're in the green bay. And if you go to another part of the, the ward or the bay, you can then reorientate yourself back to your bed. Um, and I think actually, yeah, public spaces, it would, it would obviously benefit the person living with dementia, but it would benefit everybody. <laughs> mm. So um, dementia is obviously a, a, a growing health condition in in terms of we've got an aging population what in terms of your your work do you see this as something that that's going to become more widespread um or um is it just something that a few people are gonna gonna do in in selected care homes and hospitals or do do you think this will become a mainstream approach Mm, no, I think it will definitely become a mainstream approach. So there's the Music for Dementia 2020 campaign and that, that launched last year. And I think that's been really beneficial in terms of raising the profile of the benefits of music in dementia care. And I think over the last 10 years that we've been operating, I've definitely seen a shift in terms of seeing music as not just a nice thing to have, but actually quite an integral part of your, your care planning for people living with dementia. So I think that we'll definitely see care homes, hospitals being more open to this kind of approach and more welcoming. At the moment, we're not seeing the funding backing it up, um, which is a real shame. So I'm hoping that with the um, the increase of social prescribing and the awareness around social prescribing, that we'll be seeing um, more funding coming through to support music, to embed it into dementia care in every care home in the UK. Wow, that's um, quite a, a, a big um, vision. In, in terms of talking about the, the future, um, obviously we've, we've mentioned about the future for music and dementia care. What about the future for um, music, music and well-being? What, what's, what have you got planned for, for the, your own organisation's future? Mm, so we like to think big too. <laughs> so our vision is very big. Our, so our vision is that, we we will live in a world where people living with dementia feel supported, connected and better able to live well with their condition. And that as an organisation, we will be helping to achieve that through music. So our aim is that we will have um, Musica operating in every county of the UK and that we'll be able to reach every care home in the UK in one form or another. So whether that's providing um, our services, so our workshops and performances in care homes, 
or whether it's um, providing support through our online training program or mentoring. But in one way or another, we'd like to be able to, to work with every care home to be embedding music into their daily dementia care. Wow. Uh, just in the UK. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think to start with, I think about the UK. <laughs> I do obviously have little flips where I think internationally, but I'll um, <laughs> just start off with the UK would be fine for us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's more of a, a joke in in some research because <laughs> no, but when I talk about what I want to do, I'm like, oh, I need to think globally. <laughs> so, um, I was like, yeah, but I just need to tackle the UK first, a bit like you. Yeah, get that one sorted, <laughs> and then it expands globally. Um, <laughs> um, always good to think big. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, if you don't think big enough, it's like you, you restrict what you you can potentially do. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what we found with our. We have a theory of change. I think when we created our vision, it was just that. You know, you've got to think big, and it's got to be a big goal that you know you can't do on your own, but you can do in collaboration with others, and it's something to strive for, isn't it? <laughs> Mm, definitely definitely okay um where can people find out more about what you're doing yep so there are various ways to approach us so we have our website which is www.musica-music.co.uk or you can find us on twitter at musica underscore uk or we've just started using Instagram, and that's Musica CIC. And if you go onto our website and we're not operating in your area, drop us an email because we're always looking at setting up new areas. We have a lot of musicians that are looking to work with us. We just want need to pair them up with the care homes and the hospitals in their territory. So, we'd, yeah, we'd love to hear from anyone that, that would either like to learn more about music and dementia or would be looking at having music in, in their care setting. Okay. And what's the email address then to get in touch with you? Yeah. So the best email is um, contacting me directly. So that's Rosanna, which is R-O-S-A-N-N-A at musica-music.co.uk. Lovely. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners today? Um, I don't think so. I think, I mean, something that would be quite interesting to have a, a sort of a discussion on, I guess, is... The, um, the idea around how to be sharing um, the impact that, that you're having. And so I'm always willing to, um, I'd love to learn from other organizations, see how they're um, measuring that impact, how they're sharing their impact, and also specifically, how do they measure impact with people living with dementia? I think it's really important to be learning from each other. Um, in, in terms of um, that work, there's quite a lot of work that's been done up in Scotland because um, they've got mm, their dementia for life. Um, um, I think so. It's like with their dementia-friendly communities, and they were trialling it in all different kinds of environments. So they've they've done quite a lot of work around how they evaluate um, the impact of the work they're doing in those communities, but it's not um, mm. music specific. Um, so that might be mm-hmm. um, something just look worth looking at in terms of what research they've already done. But I'm assuming that you've already looked at that because you're you're quite an academic person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you you know you don't know everything, so it's it's always good to be signposted. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and I'm pretty sure there's um, probably some um, plenty of other people that um, are interested in what you're doing that would love to if they're doing similar things would love to share so um you'll probably be inundated with people getting in touch with you but, mm. um, 
that would be great <laughs> anyway thank you so much for joining me today it's been really really interesting finding out about what you're doing um and mm. I, I definitely um buy into your vision for the future and um mm. and see see that actually coming to fruition in the next few years or even sooner mm. perhaps Uh, thank you very much for having me I've really enjoyed it you've been listening to the Make an Impact podcast with me Heidi Fisher if you've enjoyed the podcast why not leave a review or rating and if you'd like to be on the show then please get in touch via my website makeanimpactcic.co.uk thank you for listening